When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Ralph W. Basham, MD, Hackmaster. L.A. Nick. Andy Brant Bernard. Cassie Schrader. And our very special guest, Ian Punnett, up next, KQ. Okay, KQ. <laughs> <laughs> You haven't done that in a while, actually. I haven't done that in about five years, but in any case, the Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. And oftentimes well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. I appreciate that. Um, But I guess the key is is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business. It started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. Ian Wild Thing Punnett. Is that his new nickname? Yeah. Is that is that why you're playing Wild? I love this song and I, I always have. And I, I also love I Want to Spend My Life with a Girl Like You. What a great song by the Trogs. Yeah, they were a good band. 
So basically, I was thinking, uh, I don't think we've ever had Ian punted on the KQ Morning Show, and then I just kind of blurted it out. you got to come <laughs> on the KQ Morning Show. Oh, as, anytime. Has your no-compete yeah. expired yet? <laughs> yeah, like uh, five years ago, I think. But yeah. A listener, <laughs> Joe from Louisville, just sent me a message that says, I didn't even notice you said KQ. <laughs> That's uh, interesting, I'll tell you that. In any case, Ian Punnett today, uh, today talking about health care. Uh, well, just tell us. I, instead of yeah. me re- reading this, I want to hear um, from from the, I wasn't going to say the horse's mouth, but, you know, I want to hear from you. How did all this get started, health insurance? Wait, um, wait, wait. So, yeah, so there, you're getting part of it. So I... I decided, I don't know how you feel about getting older, but <laughs> yeah, I, got great. Pretty, I, I got pretty good insurance, right? So I decided that I was going to do every test that was provided for by my insurance company. Right. And I was going to figure out every potential thing wrong with me, <laughs> just more like an experiment. And uh, so I went to my doctor and I just said, I want to run every test. And he said, well, you know, that's like a lot of like blood tests and fasting and a lot of like brain stuff. And I'm like, run the board. So I just made a list of every single thing that I can have done. And that's what I'm spending my summer doing is uh, taking all these tests about every four or five days. Hmm. God, that's unbelievable. By coincidence, I was talking to a friend yesterday and his wife was with him and we had talked about uh, and this guy, by the way, is, uh, well, I'll tell you at the end. So we're talking about this and the other thing and what are you going to do in the future and uh, what's your projection right. for the next, you know, decade or two or whatever. You know, we went through all that stuff. And he got up to go in the kitchen and grab something. And so I said, you know, Tom, it's not really fair because you're a lot younger than he is. And I said, actually, I'm eight years older than he is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. I, I yeah, I mean if it's amazing you see some people they just turn right. fifty and they look like they're eighty. They I don't really know what do. that's exactly. all about. Some people hit the and wall I, really hard, early age. Yeah, they do. But I mean some of it we have within our control, right? So I really what I just decided was I've I've had this philosophy for a long time that I don't want to die stupid. <laughs> I don't wanna Okay. Right? No. I don't want to die and have somebody tell a story at my funeral about something I could have done, like some 10-cent solution that I didn't do, or something that I avoided doing because I didn't want to pee in a cup or something. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, screw that. I don't want to be like Jim Henson. I don't want to be like oh, other yeah. people who I like a lot, who I think kind of died dumb. Steve Jobs? And, um, yeah. Yeah, Steve Jobs. Yeah, he could have cured himself, basically. But. I think hypertension is the biggest one that, that people ignore. It's no, an yeah. easy fix. And heart problems die. are. I think heart problems are the number one killer right now, and a lot of that is just due to people being like, "Oh no, it's fine." Right? They don't go to a doctor mm-hmm. annually. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, very. So true. I, I'm on a mild, uh, I'm on a mild blood pressure med because I'm just I run a little high, so I'm like, okay, tweak it. So he's tweaking it. And then now I'm doing the same thing with like every other test. And I'm also going in for tests that my insurance company doesn't even pay for, like the ones where they can read your veins and see like how blocked any of your veins are in your brain, in your heart, and in your uh, gut. Yeah. They're doing doing a Vitagram and an angiogram on you? 
All that stuff. Running well, it all. The whole they, table. If they'll pay for it, then, yeah, I guess. Why? What's wrong with that, doctor? Well, there's, there's a finite risk of having bad things happen yeah. when you have those tests. That, that's, that's, that's the risk of, of doing the test unless you're absolutely certain. I don't... I, you know, as a physician, I wouldn't have an angiogram. Especially in your brain. <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. You know, well, really need I'm, not sure it's the, I'm not sure it's the angiogram that they're providing for, but the, the one that I'm having a heart stress test coming up. Yeah. Um, That's good. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and that was one where he was like, well, are you having any heart problems? I said, nope, and I don't want any. So I'm doing that. But then I got this um, – uh, scan thing that they're doing where they're doing all of the veins to see uh, what my how pressure is running through the veins and, and that sort of it's sort of like hiring a plumber to check your pipes. Kind of I thing. will tell you Ian what an imbecile I am so I picked my doctor and he played football at Southern Methodist University and I will right. tell you this every time he does the prostate check his fingers are the size of a coke bottle <laughs> so <laughs> It's a little right. uncomfortable. I'm not kidding. He has very big hands. I'm like, good God. That kind of exam isn't it isn't for everybody. Let's just say <laughs> it's that. Not, it's not for, for everybody. everybody. I can see that. Yeah. Well, I've always said I don't think they should let anybody be a proctologist who really wants to be a proctologist. <laughs> probably true. That's probably. I, I don't know. So you're finding out that you're pretty healthy, though, aren't you? Other than a little high blood so pressure, far, maybe. Yeah. Lost a lot of weight. Had a um, other than the high BP. Um, all this fasting is doing me good, but I got another round of tests coming up, so I'll let you know soon. I got two more big things coming up, and then I'll let you know. But so far, um, other than I'm, I'm getting a little close to a diabetic score than I want to get, so really I cut out a lot. Yeah, cut out a lot of sugar, cut out a lot of carbs, and I th- hope for better tests. Do you think this could become addicting? Testing? Yeah, Munchausen syndrome. Do you, you get addicted to it? No, I hope not. I hate. I don't even like going to the doctor. But it's just like I figure, why not be preventative? Yeah. If I've got it, and I can use it, and I have the time. So I mean, I'm not going to have the time in about eight weeks when I go and the fall semester starts and I go back to teaching. I'm not going to have any time for that. But I got it now. Because some people so, do get addicted to doing this. Yeah, that's Munchausen syndrome. Yeah. They get addicted to the uh, the attention that they receive from mm, the doctors yeah. and yeah. the care, and you know. Yeah, I get no such attention. In fact, I'll tell you something. My doctor told me, he said, um, he said, you will not lose weight. It's what he told me at the beginning of the summer. Hmm. And I said, what? He goes, well, statistically speaking, you will not lose weight. And I said, okay. He goes, but you have to. And I said, I have to, but I can't. He goes, no, you can't, but you have to. (laughs) That's what I'm telling you. That's nice. Who gets addicted to that kind of attention? Not me. I'm like, he said, if you don't lose some weight, your blood sugar score is going to go up and you'll get diabetes. Oh, no, I, have, I, have I, a really, I, I have a really attractive young female doctor, so. Oh, here <laughs> we go. I do. She's a good-looking doctor. Here we go. You know, I uh, in since we've been talking off and on for the last several months, um, yeah. I went to the doctor uh, and they tested my resting heart rate. He said, actually, your resting heart rate is pretty good. Your resting heart rate is like 73, 74, something like that. But then in the last uh, four and a half months, I've lost 81 pounds, and I plan to lose about... Oh, 50- shut up. Yeah, I, I have, exactly. So you can do it, by the way. There's no question you can oh. lose weight. Yeah. But you've been well, really dedicated. I, I didn't what? You've been very de- dedicated. I have been very dedicated to, so that's, to it. I mean, you've been very dedicated. So, Dr. Basham, yes. my resting heart yeah. rate now is 56. Wow. 
Mine is. That's pretty good, isn't it? Seventy-six. Yeah, pretty good. What's yours? Seventy-six. Right now, such a high. Well, that's what mine used to be. Is like seventy-six. Mine's always been really high. When I was when I was eighteen, mine was a hundred. So. Was it really your resting yeah. heart rate at 18 was 100? Well, heart rate's always been Seems pretty high. high. It does seem high, <laughs> yeah, but Mr. it's Caffeine. never been a problem. Mine's 60. That's a good thing. So, Ian, what, what's your resting heart rate right now? I, I think it was in the low 70s, yeah. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah. That's yeah. a good thing. But your, yeah. your doctor is wrong. You can absolutely lose weight. I did it, and I've been on every diet in the world. And, well, it's and not that it, he can't. It's that... He won't if he's like almost everyone. Yeah, way to That's go. What he was exactly. won't do. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Or you have to understand that the recidivism after any weight loss, yeah. whether it's a voluntary or surgically induced or medically induced, all those things, the recidivism is so, so high. It is very high. But I, 85, 90%. So. I will tell you something, Ian, what you're doing right now, Ian, you, if you lose the weight, you'll keep it off because the way I've done it now, oh. and, I, and again, I want to lose 15 pound, more pounds, something like that. But I do fast one day a week and I love doing it. It's just, it's amazing. Well, I'm doing this one thing coming up, and maybe I'll get some free medical advice on this. So I'm fasting this week on a, on a what they call a mimic fast, right, mm-hmm. Doc? Yeah. The, uh, right. So yeah. I get a little, I get a little bit of strategic food here and there, um, but and then vitamins and what, drinks and whatever. But the um, the one I'm coming, I have, one's coming in a box. Have you been following this whole prolon thing? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Nope. So it's a service. It's become that- a big deal. It's a it's a it's a nationally marketed week long, um, you know, mimic fast, um, and it it everything you get to eat for the whole week comes in a box about the size of a shoebox. Well, that includes some like soup mixes and stuff. But um, that's what I'm going to take before I do my fi- my next uh, blood um, blood test for. Uh, glucose. Well, That's, see, and then if that if that doesn't get the score down, nothing will. I'm told. Well, I will tell you this though: if you can do that, you can certainly lose as much weight as you want to and keep it off. I think fasting because oh, yeah. that that does allow you to do things like sit down and eat pizza with your family or have a spaghetti dinner. Because that, those are things I just won't give up, and I think that's the problem, Doctor Basham. Is yeah. a lot of people go, "I'm not giving up having a sub with my kids once in a while." If you are a foodie at all, and you like right. food, and you enjoy the experience right. of food, experience of wine, things like that, all those things. Bring up wine, thanks, Ralph. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, picking at a scab, picking at a scab. I'm sorry. You know, it, if, you, if you're that kind of person, is it is difficult to uh, give up um, those sort of things and to lose weight is a much bigger challenge. Yeah, in my opinion, certainly. it is absolutely. You know, but is. the idea of fasting. You know, I, I ran into uh, my neighbor across. He's a he's a doc, and he he said that he had start uh, he started fasting. He fasts every day, and breaks fast at about four in the afternoon. So he eats one meal a day. Yeah, one meal a that's, day. That's night. actually what I do. I yeah, don't a eat, lot of people. I don't do eat till I woke up this morning. I won't eat till I go home from and the I, show. And I and I and I thought to myself, man, how that must be brutal to do. So the next no. day I tried it, and I said, not a problem. At oh, all. this is not a deal at all not at all i don't get hungry till no. three o'clock yeah that's what well, i get Ian, hungry i'm telling you i'm here to tell you if i can do it you sure as hell can do it because oh, yeah. i've Thank been on every diet and they all failed but neutromos is this diet i'm on now and it's working like a charm yeah. it's great i heard you talking about it you know and it, and, and i heard and i i heard your previous success stories while i was on a on a break and i'm i'm glad to hear that because you know part of what i'm doing is really just focused on these tests but yep. then after that i'm going to i'll probably do something that's a little more lifestyle oriented and uh but it's been kind of fun you know to, to have everything checked out and i feel like i'm 
I feel like in one of those cars that, you know, they put up and they put all the diagnostic stuff yeah, on it. Yep. And, I, you know, once it's over, believe me, I, I mean, I had a colonoscopy. I've already, I did that about three weeks ago. That's always a, a thrill. And, uh, you know, so, but it's good to get it all done. Was that your first one? Colonoscopy? No. Yeah. When should no. you have your first Thank one? So I haven't had one yet. Fifty, I think. Fifty, mm. unless you have a family yeah. history of polyps or, right. or a colon yeah. cancer, right. then it's I'm 50, forty. I'm fifty-five, and I haven't had one yet. Yeah, about time. Well, my 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 primary care doctor, she said, "Oh, she, she goes, I do that here in the office." I go, "Oh, no, you don't." <laughs> uh, I should tell you what happened to me, but Cass, while Cassie can handle it, I got um, what was that thing I got again? A helio. I, I what happened was Ian, I was a big time weightlifter back when I was younger. Right. And yep. I got a hernia and back in those days oh. when I was nineteen years old, they didn't oh. do the keyhole. It was about a four inch scar yeah. on your on your right. lower abdomen, right? So right. about I guess about ten years ago I thought, Yeah, you know what, I'm gonna start doing some leg work because I have very big legs. So I get on, I load the rack with 750 pounds because that used to be my warm-up. Yeah, no. But that was my warm-up when I was like 30. <laughs> so I push it up a couple times, and I could hear it tear. Yeah. I heard oh. it tear. And I got a helio. My my scrotum swelled up to like five times its normal oh, size. It pushed it the muscle a helio. in there. No, you, you it's got water. It, no, it started water. dripping fluid. Oh, hydroseal. Hydrosil, that's exactly what I got, is a hydrosil. Yeah. Okay, so here's me. I got a hydrosil. My sack is the size of a, well, big, about a, between a softball and a soccer ball. Yeah. It got really huge. Oh. So they send me to the doctor. I walk in, and the doctor is an extremely attractive young woman. That's okay. what I got going on. So she said, go in the other room. And, uh, and so I lay back, and she said, you know, go in the other room and then put a towel over your lap and all that stuff. She said, what I need you to do now, basically, is put pull the towel up and put it between your your uh, your breastbone and cover your penis, but not your, your scrotum. I said, okay. She said, one other thing, I need to ask your permission. Uh, I said, yeah, what's that? And she goes, uh, there's a young medical student that wants to watch the procedure. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's my doctor, too, every time. Yeah, so... An even better looking woman comes in with her, right? And she's about like 21, something like that. The entire time they're putting on the, uh, it's it's kind of like a, uh, what, are the, what are the pregnant women get again? The ultrasound. ultrasound. They were doing yeah. an ultrasound on my scrotum. And the entire time they were rubbing that liquid on there and then rubbing the thing over, I, I, I swear to God, Ian, the whole time they were doing it, I was going, my mother's dead, my mother's dead, my mother's dead. <laughs> I had to take my mind off it completely. I said, good God, was that I a- have the same problem. That's why I haven't got a prostate exam. I got a good-looking young doctor, and she always brings in a, st- a student with her. Every right. time. You, you Maybe it's draw- the same doctor. You don't want to draw a sword. Oh. Yeah, no, you don't. No, oh, that would be so embarrassing. My gastrologist looked like Keanu Reeves, and he had to do a colonoscopy. Yeah, that's me. never fun. And I'm just like, oh, this is so embarrassing. I'm like, you know, you should probably you buy you know me what? a drink they first. They see it all. They do I know. They I see know. it all, man. Well, we got to take a break. We'll be right back in two minutes. More, Ian, you pick the, the topic for the next segment. Haboobs. Haboobs. Oh, yeah. All right, absolutely. Works for me. Right back Ha-boom. with Ian Punnett, Tom Bernard Show. <laughs> Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski, who's here to talk about a great service and an app that you can get and use from North American Banking Company called XCheck. Tom, it's a payment app we developed. We wanted to 
simple application that was safe and secure, easy to use, and a way in which you could pay the kid who cuts your grass, shovels your snow, a way you could split a dinner check without having to exchange cash, without having to write a check. The app processes the payment, puts it right into the receiver's account literally the same day. It's free to our customers. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. This is Tom Why Not Bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, celebrating 20 years of providing a better banking experience. Member FDIC and equal housing lender, Mike is a disaster. Now, wait a minute. You better cut out that. <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> Tommy, 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 Tommy. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers, come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call Roger or Eddie right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. I guarantee the gal starts singing like this. We will fly in low. It's one of those singers. I love that lady There he is. Ian Punnett, our special guest, ladies and gentlemen. We've covered health, health insurance, and now the topic is what, Ian? Haboobs. Although I will say, by the way, I I did watch my own uh, vasectomy. That was different. Yeah, I did too. I did too, yeah. Yeah, fun. But, uh, no, last night, uh, I don't know if you follow this whole story about how the Diamondbacks game got delayed 20 minutes last night. They're playing the Rangers because uh, a haboob had rolled in over the Phoenix metro area and knocked out power to about 100,000 people. Uh, they were able to get power back up at the ballpark. But those boobs are amazing. If you have never seen one, if you've never been through one, it should be on your bucket list because it, it is as truly as unique as what that – remember that Mission Impossible movie? Um, I think it's Ghost Protocol where he gets stuck yeah. in the sandstorm. Like, yep. it's, exa- it's exactly that. Um, but it, it just it comes in like a hundred stories hot, and it's just solid God. dust. Yeah, check and out the ones that have check out the ones they have in Syria and places like that. Oh God, yeah, they're insane. I think it'd be fun yeah. if you had goggles and a respirator. I don't yeah, think so. It's that's like, about what it is. It would sandblast yeah. your skin. That's true. You'd have to be in a suit, it, it, it like hurts. an armored suit. It a little bit. 
What's that puke hole like, over the Middle East that's really wealthy? What's the thing again? What's which one? There's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, which one? Ah, the one that... Uh, the, Dubai? Dubai. Dubai, yeah. Mm. When, Ian, when my wife was in Dubai about a year ago, maybe two years ago now, she said she woke up in the morning and saw a bunch of men with snow shovels shoveling sand out of the doorways on the streets. Oh, yeah. Like, whoa. Oh, that but, drifts. Just like drifts, like oh, snow drifts. Man. Yeah. Saudi Arabia, same that. thing. We don't get that in Arizona, but we get we get the. I mean, it's gritty as hell. I mean, it's but it's not. Yeah. We don't. It doesn't come with it. But it, it's it. You literally cannot see your hand in front of your face during the thickest of them, um, and you can get lost. And there's all sorts of car accidents that happen if a haboob rolls in. People just know pull over to the side of the yeah, road. Just don't don't drive. try and drive through it. Yeah, it'd be yeah. good. Like a snowstorm, same situation. You wouldn't drive in a snowstorm. Why would you? Craziest thing I ever seen weatherwise was a flash flood in Las Vegas. That water came down, oh, eight-foot high wall, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Ian, the, the haboob, but that's something um, more recent in Arizona, isn't it? It's not something, you know, because mm-hmm. my mother, my parents started living in Arizona over 30 years ago. Right. And I don't right. really remember seeing that or hearing about that. And they lived in Yuma. Okay. Okay, wait. So that's the difference. They, you saw it, but only in the last, like, 15 years did they start to call them Haboobs. Yeah. Before that, they were just called sandstorms. <laughs> and a lot of the older Arizonans, they hate the term haboobs. They're like, "Who started this?" <laughs> <laughs> Haboob. Yeah, I, I think it's just because it's a funny word. I think it's just, but people they, now it's common, and they call it that during the news. But yeah, they're just the old dust storms. I mean, they've always had them. And Yuma gets them. Yuma Phoenix gets them more than Tucson because of uh, the way the, the, the desert is just south of you go 25 right. miles due south of Phoenix and you are in the desert. And so we get it, but we just, uh, uh, it, it, and, la- and of course they, because of all that particulate matter in the air, it arcs all of the transformers and the transformers start popping off mm. all over town. It's pretty cool to see. You know, Ian, I got to tell you one of the biggest mistakes I ever made in my life when I was working for Capitol Records I had to go to Phoenix to call on KPNX or one of those radio stations. And I, right. I talked to him uh, over the lunch hour. And then I left and I walked over and grabbed my car door handle. What a mistake that was. <laughs> Holy God, that thing was hot. Yeah. I've sat yeah. in a seat with yeah. shirts on and grabbed the steering wheel at the same time. Yeah. Oh, you need an man. oven mitt to get in your car. <laughs> you do need an oven mitt to get in your car. It was unbelievable. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. wait for, you wait for a bus to go by to get some nice, cool exhaust on blowing on you. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, it, it is like this for like 12 weeks, and then and then it cracks. And, it, and then for the rest of the year, it's pretty darn lovely. But yeah, uh, it is. It's I, pretty hot. It's I remember the first hot. time I ever experienced it, I was there, and I was like, thought I was over like some kind of heat grade or something. Because <laughs> I, right. I literally thought it was artificial heat, hot yeah. heat hitting me. I'm like, where's oh, this air, hot air coming from? And I go, oh, no, that's how it is here. I'm like, what? <laughs> you out of your mind? Yeah. I want to get right back yeah. on the plane and leave. That's uh, a great I, All yeah, my, to- all my it, toes cracked and my nose bled because it got so dried out. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah that's not a come. But anyway, I, the, boob, the, the big story from last night was – the ESPN writer, uh, Pedro Gomez, who sent out a tweet, said that a haboob was going through town and had cut off the power, but autocorrect changed haboob to oh, baboon. God. And so that's become <laughs> this, this big meme all over town is about 
the big baboon from last night. And so the uh, D-backs tweeted out, um, yeah, the rally baboon. We're going to make that a regular thing. That all and, started uh, with the Minnesota and Twins. The zoo tweeted out a, a head check on all the baboons at the zoo. <laughs> And it was pretty funny, and and it's like, but it, but everybody's talking about it today. Is the idea of, of the baboon that ran through downtown? Yeah, you know, it's amazing. Park. The rally baboon that all started with the Minnesota Twins in 1991. Might have been the '87 season, because the squirrel monkey was the rally. And then, of course, I, th- I believe it was the Los Angeles Dodgers. Then took it a funny. couple of years later and made it the rally monkey. So it's it's, it's the squirrel monkey. You got to get oh, it right. Tony Lee. That's great. It's true. That's great. Well, you know, this whole thing that started with they're holding up um, babies at ballparks and um, oh, when yeah. they play the theme from The Lion King. Right. My wife, my wife started that. Really? Did, see? You, did you see the guy last week catch the home run with the baby in his hand? No. You didn't no. see it? Oh, yeah. Barehanded catch with a baby. He He's did? holding the baby and he catches the home run. Oh, my God. That just happened like three days ago. It's That's a great right. catch. What was his wife doing? What was his wife doing the whole time? Actually, I don't think. I think he was there with just him and the baby. No, she was probably okay. drinking. Well, I like, think there was a like guy on both sides. Goes, I'd like to see that video when he goes home. Well, yeah. he caught it with oh, the baby, man. man. Unbelievable. It's, a real, it, it's pretty good. And he, he actually oh, stretches bet. for it. Like, he, he goes two people over to get it. Really? Yeah, but he got with it. With a baby. With a baby in his arms. Brand, so, a brand new baby, too, like a newborn. Oh, <laughs> well, I took Andy to the ballpark as a newborn. I'm sure you can pull the video right up. I did. I did indeed. Ian, you have to educate me on on what's happening in your career now because I heard a rumor, but of course you don't tell me these things. But uh, I could promote. Well, since I last talked to you, yeah. Since I last, since I was last on your show, I ended up going back uh, doing some shows for Coast to Coast. I think that's uh, wonderful. On the show. Yeah, I did it just for fun. It's great. It's been a really great time. Well, yeah, I mean that's a pretty fascinating show, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I I got to talk about you. I, thought, I don't know why I kept thinking about you during this topic, but what baboon? <laughs> the baboon topic is, is about. <laughs> no, last week I interviewed a guy who's been researching um, the Salem witch trials. Oh yeah, and it was it was a really interesting book about how that what you know what really happened in Salem versus how people talk about it, but also how historians have switched. And I thought this is the part, because I know you're interested in this balance between, you know, truthful journalism and then where political correctness can create a a lens that some people look at stuff. And it was really all about how historians have changed the way they cover the, the Salem witch trials, depending on their political point of view. Right. Exactly. Well, that goes with everything right now. It is everything across the board. Is it, is it true, Ian, that, that most of the witches were hanged? They were not burned. I don't think anyone was was burned. None of them here were burned. They were burned in Europe. Unbelievable. They they were hanged or or compressed with rocks. Oh God. That must have felt rocks. Yep. That's wonderful. That was common at that time, though. Mm-hmm. I remember the, I can't remember which movie it was. I think it was, I don't know, it might have been Life of Brian. I don't know which one it was, the Monty Python movie. <laughs> when they're, they're going to test to see if a woman is a witch by putting a, there's a, there's a scale, and she's in one of the baskets. On the other side, the basket, they put a duck in there, and the duck outweighed her, and she goes, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it was just phenomenal. Those movies were great. Yes. This was interesting, and you, you'll appreciate this, especially with a little bit of the religious background. So one of the ways you could test a witch was that a witch could not supposedly do the Lord's Prayer without stumbling. Oh. Um, and so one of the people who was accused of, of being a witch just kept repeating the Lord's Prayer flawlessly over and over again, all the way up to the gallows. And they actually paused and thought, huh, I'm not supposed to be able to do that. And then they hanged him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's really nice. Just Let's just hang That's him anyway. Mob rule. So uh, what's the guy's name that wrote the book? Uh, you know, uh, Ellis, something, he was a historian. Tony Ellis, he came from, he just retired, but what he was doing was he did a survey of all of the famous books, and he, what he noticed was is that slowly, over the last 20, 30 years or so, historians have now begun to side with the accusers and not with the victims. Really? Yes. Because, and this is where it gets into this very weird political area, no. uh, because the accusers, they agree with the politics more of the accusers than they do of the victims. Isn't that terrible? It's just horrendous that people do that. And we're doing that now as a society, both on the left and on the right. They just can only right. see their, their own way, and we centrists are stuck in the middle, and they're battling and hating everybody. Right. I just I can't stand either political party right now. I can't, I can't tolerate them. Well, the funny thing was, well, it wasn't funny, but one of the reasons why the people were attracted to witches and they were accusing witches is the witches were... The witches were the progressives in the community, and oh, they were God. progressives because they believed in capitalism. <laughs> I the love con- that. The, the conservatives who were accusing the witches wanted to stay to this sort of social system of the commonwealth and everybody sharing and everything. And it was the progressives are like, no, let's keep trying this capitalist experiment. And they're like, you witch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Gives you a headache trying to figure out who to follow. Well, wasn't it true too? Something about the reason why they were accusing certain people of being witches so they could obtain their property once they were hanged. Yeah, yeah. That's well. A lot of it was because well, and I'm glad you brought this up. It's because all of it was focused about women and about women who were, in many cases, had sued in court to get a hold of property oh. um, because. They were they were legally due it, but they had had it taken away from them because they were a woman, and so they were suing. And that's one of the reasons how you could get accused of being a witch. If you were if you were a woman, if you were single, if you were um, older, like over fifty, like a widow, and you had property or means. Um, you would, that was like the that was the sweet spot for that was the like the the character the seven you know characteristics of a losing witch would be the, those types of things and that's what that's what they ended up hanging the most. And this so, was this was concentrating just certain areas, right? It wasn't like almost what? always around Salem Village and Salem Town. There were right. two. They were like one right next to each other. Yeah, it was just this area that kind of went nuts, and it kind of went nuts because the. Um, Prior to that, it had been very prosperous, and then they'd had a drought year, and people mm. just didn't know how to handle it, and so they were looking for somebody to blame. So Who does gre- that remind so it was, you of? It was you know, I mean, that's like every political cycle ever. So exactly. it was greed and, greed and corruption-based. Well, I suppose yeah, back, 
Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, back in those days, for a woman to prove she didn't need a man had to be a horrible thing, I would guess. Right, or the fact that, that the guy died and she didn't, right? Yeah. Her life yep. went on. Her husband died, whoever she'd been, you know, she may not even have loved the guy, and suddenly now she's living life on her own terms. That's a little suspicious. Yeah, you know? yeah. And life was really that, hard that, in, in those days. I mean, it, yeah, it was, yeah. we couldn't, we wouldn't last a week. <laughs> no. Like no. one week we wouldn't last. Mm. Yeah, you'd walk in with a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would Hanging not be good. Hanging on the spot. You I mean, wizard, like, you. It was really weird. What was that? Oh, I was just say, yeah, you walk in with a cell phone, you wizard. No, <laughs> heck, you could walk in with a big lighter, you'd be gone. Yeah. Yeah. If I was going back to well, Salem, Massachusetts, I would bring something with more firepower than a f- cell phone. Yeah, I'd bring... You I'd stay bring. away from me. <laughs> I may be a witch, but I can, you know, I'm a witch with a gun. It is unbelievable. That's about right. Well, they, I mean, they, they try... The, interestingly enough, by the way, all the people who confessed to being witches... None of them were killed. Oh, Ooh. God. So you admitted it, so it was, now you're okay. Yeah. If you admitted it, then it showed you were penitent and you were sorry. Oh. If you said, wait, I did not do this. I did, This is not happening. Those are the people who ended up getting killed. Do you have one more segment in you, Ian, do you, or do you have to go? I do if you do. Uh, I got a great one for you, but I won't tell you what it is. All right, good. Thank you. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Ian Punnett on the Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been to lose weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth with their weight loss plan. I'm down over 77 pounds, and I have one more round to go to shed the rest of my unwanted pounds. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did by attending the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner. It is on Monday, August 20th, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. That extra baggage melts away really fast, and one of the best parts is it's just so easy. I am never, ever hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has educated me on clean eating, and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and they can help you, too. Register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on August 20th. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Let's talk about good things. Does your car work? You got a roof over your head? You got kids, parents, a spouse who loves you, or a mate? These are the good things you have because you live in America, the country that has more immigration than any other nation on earth. You have these things because the U.S. military stands at a wall and protects you from any person or thing that would take them away from you. The entire volunteer military that stands at the ready just in case. The greatest fighting force ever known on planet earth. Every person serving in our military is ready to lay down their life for your freedom. And all too often, they do. I'm the executive director of the Gold Star Ride Foundation, an organization set up to do just one thing. Take care of families left behind when one of our brave fighters loses their life for you. We're riding motorcycles throughout the country to achieve this purpose, and you can help. Go to goldstarride.org and make a donation or learn where we are so you can come and ride with us. It's a small thing we do. It was a huge thing that they did. Goldstarride.org. That's goldstarride.org. Make a donation today. The Season of the Witch by Donovan. I love this song. When I look out my window. I haven't heard this in a long time. Donovan Leach. I haven't either. Long time. I don't think anybody would play it on the radio. 
Are you going to play Ain't That a Bitch next? <laughs> uh, our very special guest, Ian Punnett, with us, ladies and gentlemen. National big-time broadcaster. Now we're talking. Now we're kicking into high gear. Okay, you didn't tell me what you wanted to talk about in the final segment no. here, and I like that. Although, although I will tell you, I did play that very song as a bumper last week on Coast to Coast. Oh, See, there you, you go. <laughs> there you go. Great minds think alike, Ian. Exactly. Yeah, it was fun. All right, so I, I have I told you about the book I edited on the history of car radio? Yes, you you and I talked about that. Yep. Okay, so that's coming out in uh, in about uh, in a couple of months, right? I just got my my edits back, and I was I was looking at the um, at the at the galleys. Um, right, you had the last, what they call a pass, where you have to approve what what you're sure. going to look at. Yep. And um, I found a photo, and I was going to send it to you because I thought I'd mention to you of the very first um, car radio that where the radio was as big as the car. Yeah. Because, yes. Right, and they, it, it took up the entire back seat. Of the uh, of the car, oh, God. and I found this photo when I was uh, when I was uh, when I was getting ready to get the uh, our illustrations in, and I thought of you because I remember how much uh, you you know you're kind of a radio head too from the beginning, and mm-hmm. and I also found these photos which we included in the book about um, in starting in the in the 1970s, Detroit was still reluctant to put. FM stereos in cars. Yeah, that's what that's what created the whole car stereo craze. I mean, I, I never knew a time when there wasn't a car stereo store somewhere, right? Where big speakers and and and, but that was what Detroit just didn't really think it was a big market, and so that huge aftermarket blew up until Detroit finally realized, huh. People really do want these. Well, I remember when um, rear, rear speakers were actually, re- they came in remote, they were remote, they were on a wire, and you yeah, had to put right. them in the back seat. Yeah, you did. They yeah. weren't built into the back of the car. You That's had to true. set them on the seats. That's true, yeah. And they sold right. them at dealerships. They, did you ever know of a time when they had a phonograph in the car? I've, I've seen that in uh, antique cars. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it, uh, Oh, uh, not a Goodwood, but down at uh, Road America, uh, every, they have antique cars, and you, I've seen that where they just have they do have they put the forty five in the in it's, it's like, almost like like a cassette where you slid it in a slot. Is that yeah, right? They, they were all aftermarket. No car company ever had one stock in a car, but yet they were an accessory right. you could buy. Right. Hmm. Then, so it, I found it, this photograph of George Harrison with a with an LP. It wasn't even a forty five. It was a, could play a whole LP. That's hilarious. Under the under the dashboard of the car, and it was like a giant Kenner close and play kind of a yeah, thing, yeah. right? Where, oh, okay. Right? But it was just really weird to see a beetle like pointing to that. <laughs> it looked so dorky. It did look dorky. Yeah, but, I remember and that. They, it and did. It, and then the and then the eight track came along after that. And yeah, started they were they were more concerned down. with cigarette smoking, getting you to smoke cigarettes in your car more yeah, than music. That's true. In fact, Chrysler and GM both had full pack cigarette lids where you could put a whole pack of cigarettes in there and it would pop out a cigarette lit out of your dashboard. Really? Yep, from the factory. God. And they didn't even have rear speakers in the radio yet, but they had those. They had those. Ian, as a radio guy, I got to tell you this: in 1975. I uh, I guess, no, nah, this would have been 76, maybe. 
I went back to WDGY. It was called Y11 at the time, and it was kind of a progressive rock station. And one of the guys there named Bobby Hattrick, he's no longer with us, unfortunately, but uh, he, he and I were sitting talking about Y11, which is on 11.30 a.m., which is now a talk station. It used to be K-Fan, but K-Fan's on FM now. But I do remember him talking to me, and he said, you know how lucky you guys are? I mean, it's just, I worked down at KSLQ in, in St. Louis, and God, we, we just wish we were on AM instead of FM. I will never forget that as long as I live. What? Because well, I remember when FM first came up, they said, oh, it's never going to make it. Yeah, it's not, absolutely. It's, it's going to be gone two That's weeks. That's exactly what he said. Everybody's saying FM radio is never going to work. Yeah. They, well, and yeah. that's why I was talking to Harry Shear about this once. I love Harry. He on, yeah, yeah, you've talked to Harry before, haven't you had him on the air? Oh, God, yeah. He just came on as Derek Smalls about two weeks ago. Oh, good. Right, I helped. I think I helped arrange that. By the way, oh, I had, did? I got I contacted his people on your behalf. Well, um, very kind of you, thank you. But the uh, yeah, you're welcome. So Harry and I are old friends. So uh, Harry was telling me about in the the one of the reasons why FM radio became what it was is because nobody knew what knew what to do with it, mm-hmm. and they didn't right. And so he was back. This is back in the days when he was working with the. Uh, credibility gap with Michael McKeon and then I can't remember the guy who played Squiggy on um, uh, oh, Lenny uh, and Squiggy yeah. yeah Lenny and Squiggy yeah. yeah I remember them right but they were all in this group together David Lander and they would uh, and they would do they were required to do three 15 minute like satire skits a day for this FM station because you know you got to put something on the air mm-hmm. so that's kind of how Harry started was doing these um, freeform parody skits that lasted. They had their own little segmented show because, well, what the heck? You know, the owner was like, yeah, sure, do whatever you want. And that's how that, that's how that got started. i got to be honest with you. I am so happy that uh, The Simpsons is in its, what is it, 29th or 30th year, Andy? Right. Mm. The Simpsons. So 29 or 30 years because of people like Harry Shearer. 29. Yeah, 29 years. You get on the list of people. Alan obviously uh, entered Harvard University at 16 years old. Very, very smart people working at first with the National Lampoon, and then they went on, a lot of them, to work right. with the, on The Simpsons, which to me, after 29 years, is still hilarious. I love that show. Well, you, uh, I won't be saying anything um, out of school when I say you like it a lot more than Harry does. Well, Harry does. Ha- he's always had a problem with it. Matter of fact, about a year ago, or maybe two years ago, but I think it was a year ago, he was going to leave the show, wasn't he? Oh well, he tried to organize everybody to do kind of a friends thing where yes. everybody really tried to get all the pay up, didn't, and you know it just didn't happen. He, he got. I think it's fair to say he got kind of sold out by some of the other people, but yeah. Um, he, uh, I think that since that's been mended, but and I don't want to speak for Harry, but um, he was pretty vocal about it himself. No, I, I understand that. Was, yeah, but yeah, he hated it. So uh, then I, I then there was one other photo I wanted to tell you about that I found for this book, and that was um, the early days when um, General Motors would not sell Cadillacs to African Americans. I remember that. Yep, I remember reading about that. And uh, they they made it. They were trying to make the brand exclusive, so there was this whole class of like white people who would work as brokers for successful 
you know, black doctors and mm, lawyers, yep. and, and and they would upcharge five hundred bucks, and they would go out and they would they would buy the car and then they would sell it, turn around and sell it to the to the guy who'd sent them in, and that's how they ended up saving Cadillac. The brand was going down be- during the depression. They didn't they weren't selling enough cars, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that was what they decided. That's how they saved Cadillac was they, they thought, well, why are we giving away $500 per car to these brokers? And so they eliminated that, and they started to allow them to be sold to African Americans, and that saved Cadillac. I remember on, uh, on uh, what the hell is the name of Archie Bunker's show again? All in the family. Oh, All in the all family. family. All in the family. When the black family moved in, the, the, the black family moved in next door. Jeffersons. The Jeffersons. And Michael, his son-in-law, said, what's your problem that you have with them, our new neighbors? Is it because they're black? And Archie said, no, it's because he drives a purple Cadillac with zebra interior. <laughs> <laughs> so he brought up the whole Cadillac thing on the show. It was very, very funny, actually. Uh, well... Yeah, that's one of the reasons why it became a big deal. It was sort of like the thing you couldn't have if you were African American, and that's what you would, you know, that's what you wanted most. What you were being denied, yeah. at least for a generation. And now that's changed. Now Cadillac, you know, I think they're hurting to get in the. Yes. I think they're trying hard to to get more black buyers. I think most African Americans are interested in many other cars, but yeah. It's going to be interesting to see where our society goes because now there are all these people that are that think they think they need to babysit everybody of every other gender, orientation, or race, which they don't, of course, but they think they do. It's going to see. It's going to be interesting to see the backlash from a lot of this stuff, uh, like the Cadillac thing. If I can't have it, I want it. But if I have it, I don't want it anymore. It's really interesting right. that that whole thing with the human mind. Uh, the human psyche is is fascinating to me. If I can't have it, I really want it. It's just really well, what, weird. What do you want that you can't have? Nothing. I, I have. I have. Honestly, God, there's there's nothing. Well, you know what I would like. I would like people to have ah. some scruples. That's what I would like. I am so disappointed in the human race at my age now. I got to tell you, people will do anything for money. People will now crush someone's career on Twitter or Facebook if they possibly can. What joy do they but find? But that's because you live here. Well, it is part of living in Minnesota. That is true because these people are mean as if hell. If you here. lived in somewhere like Pedro, Italy, or some place like no, that, I agree with it's, that. It's not the same. No, it's not. Is it American? Is it American or Western Europe as well? It's here and some of Western Europe. Some of Western Europe. Yeah. I, I, just, I think it's going on in. I think it's going on in England. I think it's going on in a lot of places where this sort of gotcha culture thing and it cut, you know, you're right. It cuts both ways. And yep, yep. you've got it. You know, it's, it's, it's all, it's punishing people for, you know, stepping out of line unless it's your guy or gal, yes. in which case then you have to defend them, you know, to the death over something which is so indefensible that you're like, what, how can you even defend this even past the point where it shouldn't have to be defended? You know what I mean? It's, I know exactly what you mean. I do, I do think Minnesota is ground zero for it, though. I, 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 would, <laughs> not, I would not well, deny Minneapolis that Minneapolis is ground Minneapolis zero. Minneapolis is insane. I, here's the problem I have, Ian, and I talked about it earlier on the show today. Uh, how can these people not see, okay, you, do, you don't agree with the person or they did something you hate and you're going to try to destroy their lives, and, but you're hurting their spouse, you're hurting their children. Innocent children are, are deeply hurt by this, but they don't seem to care about that either. And I don't understand that. 
Well, I get that. I think that's totally fair. I think it's it's fair to say, you know, that this why are why are we ruining somebody for life for something they said twenty years ago? I agree. Unless it's something they're still willing to stand by, in which case, let the free market decide. Right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I don't, if they're, if they're still willing to say, "Hey, I I still believe that. I don't care." Well, then okay. Well, then I I care not to buy your product, or I care not to take what you endorse or whatever. I agree with that. So, I mean, I get that to a point, but yeah, this idea of like, I don't even get half of the things that people would, I mean, even in the early days of Twitter, to go back and find one comment and make that person, you know, responsible for something they don't even remember drunk tweeting. I don't know. Well, we we had talked about that earlier too, about the fact that, that if it were me and one of my employees, and I don't have any employees because I'm not anyone's boss, but if I did... And this tweet that they sent out 20 years ago when they were drunk came up. Uh, or let's just talk about the James Gunn thing, because that's the, the example okay. I used. Right. James that's Gunn. That's a good example. I take him into my office. I'm his boss. And I say, James, pedophile jokes are not funny. Uh, I know you yeah. thought they were funny, but here's the deal. Uh, don't ever do that again. We're going to just let it go. We're going to let it slide because you didn't understand the rules. Now you know the rules. Don't do that again. Why isn't it handled that way? But, yeah, I think it's because somehow everybody else is looking for an example to be able to hang an effigy toward whatever cause it is that they feel at the time deserves more blood. You hit it exactly word for word. That's Minneapolis. They will hang, find somebody and hang them out to dry and stone them to death to prove a point. I will tell you what, though. If they ever did it to somebody I knew, like a family member or me or whatever, you aren't going to believe the hell I will rain down on those people. And we they, we they, have one particular publication here. It's a local rag. Oh, it's just, God. That's it's all horrendous. they do is try to start hate campaigns they against do. people. It's true. They do. That's all they do. And I, I don't know why. You, well, but at the same time, I, uh, what I hear, I'll, I'll, then I'll just chime in this other thing that bugs me, is when the people who actually do say really crappy things and yep. really mean and racist stuff, try to use that same defense. And, you know, it's like, hey, don't hate me for – these are just my views. It's like, <laughs> no. It's like a, that's a different level. If your view is that somebody else doesn't have the right to full expression of their – you know their ability to be an American and to live free. That's not the same. No, right. It's not. I mean, so that's I really don't like that idea of everything's a witch hunt now, right? To go back to our Salem conversation, and even if you did something, if somebody calls you out on it, it's a witch hunt. And I think that's also just as ridiculous. There's no question, Ian. You got to come on more often. I love our conversations. Well, you're nice to have me on. Thanks so much. Thank like, you. I really enjoyed it today. Thank you for Oh, I did advice. too. I, I I absolutely love it. No question about it. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Tom Bernard Show.